0: It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yule Tide Gay with Gayson. So get ready to don your gay apparel as we troll the ancient Yule Tide Carol right out of the Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yule Tag Gay with Jason, or as my friends just call me, Jason. Well, happy Christmas in July, everyone, again. That's right. We have so many things to celebrate this month because we have had our 4th of July celebrations here in the United States, uh, which were a little bit more joyful this time around. Um, Maybe too joyful, but a little bit more joyful. And also it's my birthday month y'all that's right it is my birthday month uh, i have turned another year older but uh, don't look it so that's all that matters and it's also the official one year anniversary of keeping the old side gay which is super exciting thank you so much for joining us all on this journey of ridiculousness and hot mess of christmas fun Uh, you know, Carol and Mrs. Claus and Ned and I really appreciate uh, what you all have uh, have enjoyed with us. So thank you so much. We have got another fun-filled episode for you today. We're going to discuss one of the most beloved holiday frozen icons in our festive fun fact. Mrs. Claus actually mixes up a birthday treat for yours truly. Carol is here to wrap up her party planning segment. That's right. If you have been listening for the past few episodes, Carol's been talking about how to plan the perfect party. And we are at the final segment of that. And Ned has a very, um, I think the word we're gonna choose today is colorful surprise gift. And we will see if the special up on the housetop is a classic or not so classic Christmas special with one of my guesty besties. Just a little reminder, our show is not always for younger listeners and we may use some language and discuss some adult themes that could definitely land us on Santa's naughty list if the little ones heard it. So uh, please remember that this uh, should be listened to by adults. All right. Well, I think we should go ahead and get started with the show and the celebration and we'll start things off with our festive fun Well, thanks, Frosty. Well, being that it's my birthday month, you know, I really only could think of one thing for Christmas in July and my birthday. And then, of course, I thought of that famous phrase that our friend Frosty says on his first day out. And uh, I decided that's what we want to talk about this month. We're going to talk about Frosty the Snowman. So Frosty is one of the most popular Christmas songs and was written by Walter Jack Rollins and Steve Nelson. And it was first recorded by Gene Autry and the Cass County Boys in 1950 as a follow-up to Rudolph and later was recorded by Jimmy Durante. And um, so many other artists have covered the song that we could probably do a whole show just to the different variations of Frosty. The Snowman. But the song, in case you're not aware, which you may not be because you could be listening from uh, another country or other places where you've never heard Frosty. The song tells about Frosty, who's a snowman that comes to life when a group of kids place a magical silk hat on top his head and he begins to dance around and play with the kids until the hot sun threatens to melt him. And so He goes through the town with the kids and they're dancing and having a good time. And they uh, only paused a moment when he heard the traffic cop shout at him to stop moving. And then at the end, of course, Frosty finally says goodbye to the kids and lets them know, like, hey, don't worry. I will be back again someday. Uh, It's a super cute song. So if you've never heard it, I literally just Google Frosty the Snowman. You'll find it. Uh, Most holidays think of Frosty as a Christmas song. But if you listen to the original lyrics of the song, they actually never say anything about the holiday. They never imply that it's a holiday song. Um, however, there are some versions uh, in like the 1969 Rankin-Bass TV special that change the lyric of I'll be back again someday to I'll be back again on Christmas Day. So... That's probably why most of us feel like it's a Christmas song. So it just kind of depends on the version of the song that you're listening to, whether or not it has any holiday mentions. You know, I have to say, I have a bonus fun fact for this. The song supposedly takes place in either White Plains, New York, or Armonk, Monk, New York. And what's awesome about Armonk, Monk, New York, is that they have an entire holiday parade dedicated to Frosty annually. It looks super fun. Of course, they had to cancel it because of COVID. However, they do have a fantastic website. Um, It's going to be in the show notes as well, so you'll be able to um, take a look at that um, at the end of the episode um, on the show notes. You can actually take a look at the parade and all the fun stuff that they have on their website. I will say this. It has now been added to my holiday bucket list. I would love at some point in my life to get... up to our monk to actually attend the Frosty Parade. So uh, go check out their website, super cute. Uh, Many of us have fond memories of the Frosty TV special by Rankin and Bath. And before I get into that, I kind of want to talk about some of the other media mentions that we have out there. Uh, In 1950, Little Golden Books published Frosty the Snowman as a kid's book. But also in 1950, the UPA studio brought Frosty to life for the first time in a three-minute animated short which appears regularly on WGN-TV. Now, it was a black-and-white short with a jazzy acapella version of the song and broadcast on December 24th and 25th. And uh, in 1955, and then every year since after that. Now, also, there were two other little Christmas shorts that were added, Suzy Snowflake and Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe, which I've not seen, but plan to scour the interwebs and find. So once I do that, we might have another little follow-up to uh, Christmas specials, maybe, with Susie Snowflake and Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe. Uh, for, of course, many of us states, I remember that we grew up watching the 1969 Rankin-Bass Productions' 25-minute television special, Frosty the Snowman, and it had voices from comedians Jimmy Durante as the narrator, Billy DeWolf as Professor Hinkle, and Jackie Vernon, of course, as Frosty. Um, I remember watching it every year. It was a clear sign that Christmas was on the way. It was usually the day after or the day before Rudolph, depending on the year. But, Or maybe sometimes in the same night. And it was very exciting as a kid. I'm just going to say. Uh, Frosty was one that I definitely look forward to every year, along with uh, the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> so three sequels followed. First up was the Frosty's Winter Wonderland that came out in 1976. And that's actually based upon the song Winter Wonderland. So that's the song that talks about uh, Parson Brown asking if you're married and all that kind of fun stuff. Now, it was slightly different, though, from the Frosty the Snowman version that Rankin and Bass put out in 1969. That was more stop animation. Frosty's Winter Wonderland, which was also created by Rankin and Bass, uh, was more, it was animated. It was their, There was an animated special. And in this special, Frosty is talking to the kids about being alone, and they end up making him a wife named Crystal, who is played wonderfully by one of my absolute favorite actresses the one and only shelly Winters, and um it is narrated by none other than ben matlock himself andy griffith which just adds to my enjoyment because as my friends know i love matlock it is everything so, if you don't know what Matlock is, you should definitely Google that. It's a great 1980s <laughs> uh, murder mystery a week show uh, starring Andy Griffith as a as this southern lawyer named Matlock. So, uh, I love it. Then there was another sequel created in 1979 called Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Now, with this one, they did go back to the stop animation instead of regular animation. And in this time, we joined Frosty and his family. That means Crystal and their kids, as well as Rudolph and other friends who try to stop a wizard from taking over the North Pole. Again, this was also created by Rankin and Bass. They had a lot of different celebrity voices. I will say uh, Ethel Marmon is uh, is in it and sings the wonderful Christmas and July song. Um, I can't do an Ethel Marmon impression. I'm not going to do that for you all. But anyway, you should definitely check that out. In 2005, another Frosty came out called The Legend of Frosty the Snowman. And in this one, Frosty visits a town uh, who has an evil mayor. And I am going to admit, y'all, I have not... Seen Seen the Legend of Frosty the Snowman, but it's now been added to my list of things that I have to watch this year. So, um, you know, like I said, we might have a little follow-up on some of these once I get to see them. Uh, there is one other Frosty the Snowman special that I do want to give a mention to. It came out in 1992, and it was called Frosty Returns. This takes place in a separate universe. Let's just be honest. It must be the multiverse of Frosties. But in this one, Frosty is voiced by St. Louis native John Goodman, otherwise known as Dan Connor from Roseanne and the Connors, amongst other uh, tons of movies that he has been in. Um, He's more of a sardonic Frosty, and he is defending the value of winter and snow to this, I don't know, like megalomaniac guy who creates snow removal spray it's like you spray it on the snow and it just instantly disappears it's so weird uh but he's voiced by brian doyle murray who you may uh know as bill murray's uh brother he's been in a ton of bill murray movies he always has like a bit part uh in them um I remember him most famously from Scrooge with Bill Murray. And then another wonderful winter holiday classic. Uh, He plays the mayor in the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. So check him out there. Um, Weird News was announced uh, in 2020. A live action film adaptation of Frosty the Snowman has been announced in development at Warner Brothers. Now that doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. But it's in development, quote unquote. And um they have said that the wonderful title snowman will be played by none other than aquaman himself jason momoa i i have no idea i don't even know what my thoughts are i mean is frosty going to be shirtless because that's why we like aquaman i don't really know Anyway, there are so many variations of the song and so many now books out about Frosty and so many specials and movies about Frosty and films that have been inspired by the story of Frosty. I would really like to know what your favorite ones are. Mine will always be the first uh, Rankin and Bass special with Jimmy Durante Um, and um I don't know. That, that version of that song is literally my favorite. It just gives me all the Christmas feels whenever I hear it. So I would love to know, again, what are yours? What's your favorite version of Frosty the Snowman? Let us know. And if you have any other festive fun facts you'd like to hear about, you can let us know and we'll do some little investigation and, and put it on a future episode of the show. All you have to do is send us a quick little email to keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com. And uh, just in the subject line, put festive fun
1: fact.
0: Get out your glue gun and your Christmas ornaments. It's time for our favorite crafting Christmas drag queen from up north, who always makes sure to put the mess in Christmas. It's time for Christmas Carol. OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol, your messy Christmas queen, don't ya know? Well, and happy Christmas in July, everybody. It's right. I love Christmas in July. It's actually when I start coming up with some of my outfits, you know, when I can do shows and things, I start. I mean, really, I'm working on them all year round, but Christmas in July just gives me that extra little oof. Yeah,
1: just that extra little oof of creativity. So,
0: Also, happy birthday, Son, <laughs> What a fun month this has been, and we have another reason to celebrate. We are wrapping up our parody planning episodes. That's right. We're at our last You Gonna Do" segment. Yeah. Y'all have really outdone yourselves with those vision bards and your entertainment ideas. And I have to say, listen, I'm not going to call anybody out, okay? But a lot of you have figured out how to include male strippers into your parties. And I'm just saying, y'all better invite Carol because, um, you know she likes to she likes to watch somebody dance a little bit. Okay, to Pony. Anyway, um, just as a reminder, we have been answering our six "What you gonna Does questions to plan a perfect party, and we're down to our last one. Yeah, these are my six "What you gonna Does questions to a super successful party. I'm gonna go over them one last time. You know, maybe this is your first episode you're listening to, and that's super cute. You should go back and listen to all of them. Uh, the first one in our steps to planning a party is what you're going to have a party for, you know, figuring that out. And then step two is what you're going to pick for a theme. And then three is what you're going to eat because you got to have food. And then what you're going to drink because, you know, if you got food, you got to have some drinks, maybe some liquor. At last episode, we answered the question, what you going to does during a party for entertainment? And today we're going to answer our last question, what you're going to does to let people know about your party? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy that we even had to say that. But, you know, sometimes parties just spread by word of mouth. But you can always do a little something extra, okay? Now, I'm sure some of you are going to say to me, listen, Carol, okay, I'm putting all this time into steps one through five. I don't got time to sit here and and do step six, all right? I'm just going to create myself a little Facebook uh invite, little group thing, a little Facebook event. And you know what? That's fine, Okay. That's totally fine. But you don't just have to make it so bare bones and
1: barren, no. All you got to do is you can just add a little little oomph to it and spruce it up a bit, okay? So listen, if you decide to do a Facebook
0: event, you know, that's fine. You can do that to tell people about your party. And you can control your guest list that way by only inviting the friends that you like, right? Because we've all got friends on there that we don't like. We're just friends with them for business purposes. Anyway, or maybe that's just me. But listen, go into detail on your little uh, Facebook event, Okay. Tell them about your theme. You know, tell them that you're going to have this kind of food or that you're making these kinds of drinks or this kind of entertainment. You want to generate excitement about your party. You want to make your party the must attend event of the year. Yeah. You know, our friend who hosts his fabulous Christmas party every year lists the full itinerary of entertainment, okay, including descriptions. It's ridiculous. It's a long invite, but he throws in lots of little jokes and stuff and people read. And uh, one year, just to ensure that people were reading, he put a special little secret message at the bottom that said, uh, send me a message with this phrase in it and you'll get a special gift at the party. He was so surprised at how many people actually read the whole invite. He had to make sure he had a lot of gifts. And it was something simple. He went out and had some special stickers made just for the party. So it was super cute, right? Not, not too much. It uh, didn't cost that much. And it was just kind of a fun thing to do. And then he does this other really exciting thing. About a week before the party, he starts posting every day to the party invite. And it's a reminder about one of the things he's going to be having during the party.
1: And then, you know, it could be like today's post is going to be reminding everybody to bring your white elephant gift. Or, you know, the next day's post could be like, hey, you know, we're asking everybody to bring a a dish
0: or a couple of bars. What are you going to bring? And, And he starts generating that excitement with his guests. And they really get involved in it and start commenting on it. And everybody starts having fun. And then all of a sudden it turns into, do you remember last year when this happened? Or, oh, my gosh, I was so sad to miss last year, but I'm so excited to come back this year. So it really just starts to encourage them to to talk and get more excitement about the party because again, that's what the party's for, right? That's what the party's for.
1: Now, you might be more of a traditionalist when it comes to invitations and that's fine too. If you don't wanna
0: do the Facebook invite, okay, don't. There's multiple ways to do that with some Pizazz as well. Yeah, you can go with the traditional option of paper invitations in the mail, that's fine. You know, it's a little more costly and you're definitely gonna get them out early, you know, a good chunk of time early. Um, You can do your own handwritten invites or go through a website or pay somebody to create those invitations for you. And that's fine. You know, uh, whatever your budget allows. Now, listen, though, if you got the time to be all Carol inspired, you can handcraft your own fancy cardstock invitations. Yes, you can do all those kinds of things on your own. And that does add a special little touch to it because it does show, you know, hey, look, look all the time i am spent on this party. Your ass better be there. Yeah. Now another trend that costs a little more is to go really crazy with your theme and send your invites based on the theme itself. So, you know, I've seen where people have had a Halloween party and they went out and found little tiny cardboard uh, coffins. Yes, you can get them cardboard coffins. Uh, You may have to get them painted or you could paint them yourself. And then they filled the inside of the coffin with a little bit of dirt and a plastic skeleton. So damn cool. Uh, And then rolled up the invite in and taped it to the skeleton's hand. Uh, you can do that if you're having like a little Halloween party or maybe a horror movie night. Oh my God. Anyway, you know, you can also for a Christmas party, why don't you go out and get a, a bunch of those mini stackins? You know, I'm talking about the tiny ones, not the big ones. Get a little mini stack fill it with some candy and a candy cane and put your invite in that and mail it out. Or hand deliver it if you, you know, that's what you want to do. Um, there was a friend of mine that once went to the Dollar store, okay? And you know, Carol's a fan of the Dollar store, all right? Everything's a Dollar. Now, what she did is she saw that the Dollar store had all of these little toy boats, okay? Like two little boats in a package that would just float in a bathtub or whatever. And what she did is she bought enough of those little boats and she took the sale on a boat. And made the sale the invitation for the party. It was just like, come to my party. And uh, and then, of course, uh, she included a little a little note about the party, too. And then sent those out to people because she was having a cruise-themed party for this summer. How cute is that? She had a little cruise itinerary. It's so cute. So cute. And just a way to think outside
1: the box, okay? So that's what it all is. Really, as I always say, listen, your only
0: limitation is your own imagination, okay? Yeah. All right? The sky's the limit. Go do what you want to do. It's gonna be fun, and your friends are really gonna appreciate it. I really hope you've all found these segments this past couple of months pretty helpful, because party planning is such a fun time. It is not meant to be stressful. Okay, your party planning—hence the word party—that's the key thing. It should be fun for you. Don't make it stressful. That's bull. Okay, you want to enjoy the party. You want to enjoy the planning aspect too. All right. I would love for you all to keep sharing your vision boards and your party ideas with me so I can, um, you know, creatively um, copy them and pretend they're mine. (laughs) So, uh, and of course, don't forget to send me an invite to your fun events. I want to be there. But I'm looking at the clock, okay? And uh, a certain someone was telling me that, you know, today's segment needed to be a little shorter. So uh, our time is over for today, So until next time, y'all, keep party planning. And of course, keep crafting, y'all. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured lets us know it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Hello, dear listeners.
1: I'm so excited to be back, and you are back in my kitchen again. You know it's only five months away from Christmas Eve. Oh, how fast this year has flown by. I can't believe I've been on Gason's podcast for a whole year, yes. And it has been amazing, except for Mitzi. Anyway... You know, July is a very special month. There's lots of things going on in July. You've got Christmas in July. You've got, uh, you know, the 4th of July in in the United States. And, uh, you know, most importantly, it's our very own Gerson's birthday month. It is. You know, he celebrates it all year long. Uh, I mean, all month long. You know, probably all year long knowing him too. But anyway, you know, if you don't know about it, you can always listen to it on his other podcast, Gabbing with Gay Son. Yes. Anyway, I thought for this Mott's podcast episode here in my kitchen, I thought, you know what? I'm going to make one of his favorite tasty treats. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm going to make one just for him. It's something I know he likes. And I changed the name of the recipe to Gason's Rainbow Chokey Bars. That's right, Gason's Rainbow Chokey Bars. Um, they're very delicious and very easy to make. You know, let's get out, uh, all the stuff out of the way first. But um, this recipe makes 16 servings. So, and really, honestly, it can make a lot more. It just depends on how much you cut the bars, you know, how big. It's very very easy. So our ingredients today is we need some cooking spray. We need 2 cups of chocolate chips, 1 cup of peanut butter, 4 tablespoons of butter, a half a teaspoon of pure vanilla extract, a pinch of kosher salt, and a one, you know, one bag of those mini marshmallows. Now, listen, um you can do this with the, right, the the white marshmallows. But honestly, if you want to give it that little gase and special, get some rainbow-colored ones. You know, there's all kinds of marshmallows out there. You can get uh, the Lucky Charms cereal marshmallows. Or you can get the, the fun-colored ones from uh, the different seasons that are out, you know. you got stars and stripes colors for July and whatever. So there's lots of different marshmallow uh, colors you can do. And as far as our kitchen tools today, we're simply going to need one medium saucepan, a nine by nine baking dish. You know, your measuring cups and measuring spoons and, of course, a large mixing spoon and a knife to cut to your bars laced. So we should begin with every step. You know, we never start our show without a little bit of a little drink of sherry. So I'm going to pour my glass and I hope you're pouring yours too with me. Remember to fill it all the way to the top. Mm, here we go. Now, normally I say let's toast a success, and we're going to pretend we've done that. But this time, let's give a toast up to the birthday boy himself. Happy birthday, Gason. Everybody raise your glass. Give yourselves a little <coughs> clinky-clink. Oh. That first sip of sherry just hits your lips and it just makes everything all better. Alright, well let's get going. we got stuff to do today. we got noises happening all over the kitchen. We're starting some new recipes here in my kitchen, trying some new things out for some new candies that we might be having out at Christmas. You know we start working pretty hard now. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take our baking dish and we're going to get out your cooking spray. And give it a good spray on the pan. It'll help get the little uh, things out a little bit easier for you. There we go. We're going to set that aside and out of our way. Okay. You know what? This is such a short thing. I'm going to take another sip of sherry. Hmm. So good. All right. Next thing we're going to do is in our medium saucepan. You know, it's not like I ask for a lot. It's really not. But you know that I need a pan to cook with. Almost every recipe we've ever done requires a pan. You would think by now someone would learn it, but I'll get it myself. One moment. Can't even put that. Damn, pan's away the right way. All right. I've got my pan. And I'm putting it over medium heat to get it warmed up. Because what we're going to do is we're going to melt our chocolate chips and our peanut butter together and our butter. All right. So it doesn't matter the order, but we're going to drop our butter in. Remember, it's four tablespoons of butter. Drop that in there to start melting. Yes. Get that going. Got the butter in there. It's starting to melt. And then we're going to mix in our peanut butter. And it's one cup. Get that going. Because we're going to mix it all together. Mm, I just love peanut butter. Now, listen, you can do a crunchy peanut butter if you want. But I'm using a nice, just creamy one because, you know, you got to worry about nut allergies and things like that. But of course, if you're making this, you wouldn't be worried about nut allergies, I guess. But, you know. Anyway. You can use whatever kind you want. But I think creamy melts quicker. So we use the creamy kind. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next, we've got to get our chocolate chips. So we've put our, our one cup of peanut butter in. And we've got our four tablespoons of butter. And now we're going to put on two cups of chocolate chips. Um, so we them in there and really that's about one package of chocolate chips it'll work okay so we got that i'm going to give it a little stir while the butter and peanut butter are starting to melt a little bit Here we go it's already starting to smell wonderful i'm not going to even uh, try and hide that wonderful aroma as we start Mixing everything together. Like I said, this is a pretty fast recipe. It does not take a lot of time. Especially when you get the peanut butter melting first. It'll help melt the chocolate chips. But you've got to keep stirring it around. You know, you don't want it soupy. But we're going to put it and mix it with our marshmallows. Yeah, our marshmallows. Uh, So we want to get that, give it a good time to mix together. You know what, Mitzi forgot the damn bowl or two, because we're going to mix it in a bowl. I think mixing it versus in the pan seems to be a little better than it does, you know, in the pan, because you may not have a big enough pan to pour the marshmallows in. So I've almost gotten it all mixed. So what we're going to do now is... You're going to go ahead and turn off the heat because you want it to start cooling off, okay? You want it to be room temperature. But while you're doing that, while we're doing that, we're going to go ahead and add in our vanilla, okay? Now, you should get a good grade vanilla, all right? A good grade of vanilla. And if you accidentally pour a little bit more in there, it's all right. It's vanilla. It's tasty. It's delicious. And everyone loves it. So it's totally fine, okay? Don't you worry. Your pretty little heads about it. I like pure vanilla, okay, and I also, uh, you know, I go, I don't, uh, I don't get the cheap, okay, don't get the cheap when you're getting vanilla, alright, don't get the cheap. The other thing is, you know, you've got to do a, uh, just a, a wee pinch of salt, alright, just a wee, just a wee pinch of of, of, of kosher salt and get that mixed in there too, it just helps kind of kill some of the sweetness, just a smidge. Not a lot. Definitely not a lot. Oh, this is looking wonderful already. Look how fast it's going. All right. So we're going to keep it off the heat. Now, here's the part that some of you can't handle, right? You've got to let it cool to room temperature because if you throw it in there on the marshmallows right now, they're going to melt, and you don't want that. You want your mellows to be uh, theremin and wonderful, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and uh, pour the marshmallows into the bowl so that in a little bit when the um the chocolate peanut butter deliciousness is finished then uh, we've got our marshmallows ready for it to be poured upon so to get those up and again you know you can use whatever kind you want and you don't have to use the mini ones of course you know if you'd rather keep it like with a with a white kind of christmas theme that's fine you can use any size because you're going to be cutting them into bars anyway so get them all in the now the bag that i bought has lots of pretty pastel colors it's got pink and yellow and orange and green and you know very rainbow-esque uh for our gay son you know he's very big in the community doing all of his community works so i've got that going It's starting to cool off a little bit, which is great. We're going to let it go for a little bit longer. I'm going to have me some more sherry, if you don't mind. Hmm. You know, while it's cooling, have I ever told you all about the first time I met Gason? Because I bet I haven't, because I don't even know if he knew I was there. Yes. So it was many, 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 many years ago. Okay, It was when Gason was a little boy. So, you see, I was, you know, the first time I saw him, there's something about him that I said, oh, he's a special one. Yes, he's a special one. So, I was taking a little break from the holiday craziness up here at the pole. And, and Mr. C and I have an agreement that, you know, once or twice in the Christmas season, I get to get out of the workshop. And he does this too. He'll never admit to it, but he does. We like to go to the toy stores and we like to go to the mall and watch people shop. And sometimes, sometimes Mr. C really is the Santa in the mall. I'm just saying, you never know. So years and years ago, there was a toy store in this mall. And I went and just watching the children dance and play around and scream for the toys and be like, oh, mom and dad, this is the new dolly I want. Or I have to have this Barbie or this and that. And, you know so i'm i'm sitting there just looking at these these children being excited and i see this little boy this little very very blonde little boy running down the the like the the action figure aisle to his parents saying look look they've got new ones and he was holding up those um you call them he he man the masters of the universe those things you know it was a big 80s, big thing in the 80s. I think they're still popular now. But anyway, um, he has these two action figures and he's talking real excited to his parents and saying, these are the ones that I've got, to, I've got to change my list, mom. I've got to remail it to Santa. I didn't know they came out with new ones and I want to make sure he gets them for me for Christmas. And he was so excited. And I thought, well, that's just adorable. Anyway he runs back to put them on the shelf because he was very well behaved. He didn't beg his parents for them. He knew to ask Santa, which was very, very nice. So he's putting them back on the shelf and there is this frazzled young mother. You know, it was almost like a movie. She had really ratted hair and you could tell that she was just really stressed out. And that's okay. You know, sometimes it's hard during the holidays. And she's looking at these action figures and she looks down at little Gason, and, and, you know, she said, you know, hi, you you look like you know a lot about these toys. And Gason said, well, yeah, this is my favourite. You know, he, he said, um, you know, I have every one of them, and I watch the show every day. I didn't even know there was a show, but I watched it. It was, you know, it's good for 80s cartoons. And, um, you know, I was watching him, and I was like, oh, you shouldn't be talking to strangers. But then I waited a second. And and he said, you know, these are my favourites. And then he starts talking about all the toys. And she said, you know, I want to make sure I get my son something special for Christmas. Now, I know he's got the He-Man and the Skeletor, but... um. What, what would you get if, if you could have any of these toys? And he got so excited and he said, oh, these are brand new and I would want these. These two right here. And I don't know their names. Listen, I don't know. One was the extending. That's all I know. Like it said extend. And I was like, well, that's interesting for a little boy. They uh, might explain some things later on in life. But anyway, we get back to business. Um, it looked like a little knight. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And he said, you know, If you want to make it a super special Christmas, you should get him this praying mantis thing. It looked, oh, it was horrific. It was horrific. But for a little boy, absolutely. Or for a little girl that likes some some dark things. Like, this was perfect. I get it. And he goes, this is the toy that I want so much for Christmas. I haven't even told my parents. Because this is what I want my special gift from Santa to be this year. And I thought, oh, my God, little angel what a little angel. And she said, really, this is the one? He said, yeah. And he said, you know, you better get these three things right now because these things sell out very fast. And I was like, well, that's a little marketing specialist he is. He's a little salesman. And the young woman thanked him so much. She says, you're such a good little boy. I I bet you Santa's going to get you those things. And he said, oh, I hope so. And let me tell you something right there, right there. I said, this one's a special one. He's a little special one. He is. tugged at my little heartstrings. And, you know, I went back to the North Pole and I said, look up this one. And uh, Santa said, oh, he's been a good boy. He wants lots of uh, these, these He-Man things, you know. And, she, and, and I said, yeah, he does. I said, but there's one he hasn't told anyone about. And he really wants it to be from you. And Santa said, oh, really, which one? And I said, I don't know. It's the grossest thing I've ever seen. It's a praying mantis. I don't know what it is. And so Santa went through the catalog and of, of our catalog of toys and said, okay, yeah, I know what this one is. And he said, okay. And I said, now, listen, don't just put your name on it. And Santa said, what do you mean? And I said, put my name on it, too. I want him to know it's from me. And Santa just laughed and laughed and said, oh, Mrs. Claus, you're so silly. And I said, I no, darling, do it anyway. So We put it on the package, and I'm going to tell you all, we looked down in our magic snow globe, because we have one. We can see, you know, he knows if you've been naughty or you've been nice. And we watched Gathan open up this praying mantis thing, and his heart was so filled with joy, and his little eyes were so big, and he was so excited to play with it. I don't know why, but whatever, giant bug. And we said, you know... We should keep an eye on this one. There's something about him. And so we have kept our eyes on on young Jason ever since. And we have seen him multiple times, whether he realized it was us or not throughout his years. And there are so many more stories that I could tell you about our, our time with Jason, including the time that he may have started doubting Santa a little bit. And, you know, Mr. C doesn't like that. So he made a surprise visit. And that's all I'm going to say. We'll come back to it another time. There's so many stories. Well my glass is about three fourths of the way empty. So oh yes. Our chocolate sauce is uh is at room temperature, like I can touch the pan without getting burnt. So what we're going to do is we're going to take it and I can't, you know, you're not gonna be able to hear it pour, but I got the bowl of marshmallows and I'm going to pour our chocolate peanut butter covering over them. Just get it all in there. Oh, Lord, I almost spilled it. That would have been awful. So I'm going to get it all out of the pan because this is the best part. You don't want to lose any of this chocolate peanut butter. You know, everybody seems to like chocolate and peanut butter together. All right. So I've got it into the bowl. Set this aside. And I said to make sure you have a spoon to mix with. And so all we're going to do Is we're simply just going to cover the marshmallows in this mixture. Yes. Just give it a good spoon. Again, you don't, you know, make sure that you've given it plenty of time to cool, not harden. We don't want it to harden. We just want it to be cool enough to cover the mellows oh I think it's almost there all right great I've got all the mellows have got a nice little coloring to them so now what we're going to do is we're just going to get our bacon dish and we're going to put and spread the mixture right into our bacon dish it smells divine I wish you could be in the kitchen with me it really does smell divine now you can mix in other little treats to Gason's dish, but I will tell you, you should make sure that you keep it colorful, because that's what makes our Gayson special, because he's colorful. I'm gonna lick the spoon, don't be jelly. <laughs> mm. It's like a melted Reese's peanut butter cup. So I've got that. Ooh, I got chocolate on the mic, but that's all right. Mm, so good. Okay. Now, I like to take a little spatula and spread it out into the pan to make it all a bit more even. And I make it a bit more even. There. Alright. Now, here's the base part. You're done with this part. <laughs> Now what you need to do is refrigerate it for two hours because it's going to harden the chocolate and that's what you want because then you're going to cut it into bars. You are. So here's the deal. I'm not going to make you wait two hours, but I got to wait two hours. And uh, I don't have anything else to do today. So I'm actually going to go get into that catalogue of Santas and I want to see if I can find that praying mantis thing. And I thought what a fun game it would be if I took a sip of sherry For every action figure I found that was part of this He Man line until I found the right one.
0: (laughs) So, dear listeners, I'll be right back. Mm Welcome back for another classic or lately a not so classic Christmas special review with one of my holiday guesty bestie co hosts. This being our one year anniversary show, I thought it was only fitting to bring back the one and only guesty bestie, Sarah. It's been a full year and the show is still going. I don't know why.
2: I am so impressed with you.
0: Thanks. Um... I you know who it is it's it's Mrs. Claus she's carrying the whole show on her back you know who it is yeah um <laughs> so the last time you were here we review you chose for us to review uh, what I do for everyone is give three names just three off of a spreadsheet I don't know what they're about and I make my guests choose one name and so the last time you were here you started us off with a bang with the wha- uh, deck the halls with wacky walls. Which then, was not great.
2: Oh, it, it was a banger, dude.
0: I don't know what you're talking
2: about. It was amazing. <laughs>
0: there was no banging.
2: I ha- <laughs> It was a swing and a miss. <laughs> However, the, the movie that we're about, that we watched today, I have some yeah. stuff to say about what was going on in the chimney.
0: Um, Me too. Yeah, you, I don't know. As soon as Sarah got on to the podcast, I was like, man, can you pick some shit shows? Because this one, tonight's, is... It's not the worst, okay? It is not the worst that I've seen on this show. But this is a little fun fact, Sarah. I've watched Mm -hmm. it four times now. Do you want to know why? Why?
2: Because
0: I fell asleep every time.
2: (laughs) I watched it all the way through. First time, first go.
0: Yes, but you're also recently out of hand surgery, so you're high on codeine or hydrocortis, whatever it is.
2: This is also accurate. Um, so it might be bad. It might be why I gave this higher marks.
0: <laughs> oh, God, it's so awful. So yeah, okay. So the show that Sarah chose, and I was just really mad because I wanted you to choose anything else, but whatever. Um, is the other called, two choices
2: were not great, I don't think.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like they would have been better than this.
2: Maybe. Um,
0: You know, at some point, I should just choose one. I feel like. It's my show. I should just choose yeah, one. Yeah, like, you should, instead they're... of
2: complaining about what I choose.
0: Well, you... I mean, listen, you deserve to have complaints <laughs> tonight. So the title of this special that we reviewed today is the 1992 Direct to VHS. And I think it aired once on TV, but I couldn't find where. Uh, special is called Up on the Housetop, which apparently is based on the song, you know, Up on the Housetop, Reindeer Paws, jumps. You yeah, know what? Right? I
2: always, is this like, you know how they say the Mandela effect? Yeah. But I always thought it was up on the rooftop.
0: So did
2: I. <laughs> so then when and they maybe, started saying up on the housetop, I was like, what is this nonsense?
0: You know what, though? Maybe it depends on the version we heard, because I bet you somewhere there's an up on the rooftop version. I'm 100% sure there is. Yeah. I'm... Although, uh, spoiler alert, that has nothing to do with this movie until three-fifths into the movie, maybe? Do we finally get up on the, on the on the... Up on, on the, the house, house top. top? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so real quick, just to let everybody know about it. Um, first of all, Sarah picks crap, so that's just a a start off with that. Mm-hmm. Um this this and I use And yeah, he keeps
2: me around I do and asks around. me back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so this was created by Perennial Pictures, and Perennial Pictures is located uh, stateside. It's actually in Indianapolis, Indiana, which, shocker, is where I was born, so I expected more and got less. Um, and um, they created a bunch of holiday specials, a lot of Christmas ones, uh, which I think are actually, as I was going through the list of them, they're all on the list of potential episodes for us.
2: <sighs> they're mostly all after songs, too. I happened to yeah. look it up just to see what else uh... That Jeffrey's dude had done.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or Reynolds or whatever. Well, let's talk about... Yeah, so... Perennial Pictures was founded by its president, G. Brian Jerry Reynolds. And that name's very important. Do you know why it's very important, Sarah?
2: Because he makes crap movies?
0: Oh, yes. He doesn't just make them. He is the writer, director, producer and star of this special. He played the Mm. voice of our title character, Curtis Calhoun. Have we ever talked about how I don't like it when the writer is also the director and the producer and the star of their work?
2: Yeah, that makes them sound like a real canoe. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Canoe? Do I need to go to... You can say that word. It's okay. She's mouthing uh... a word.
2: (laughs) It's me. Like
0: a douche canoe. <laughs> I was like, do I have to go to Urban Dictionary now and look up canoe? I have to go there tonight and to look, look up something somebody in my class said the other day. So I'm just like, well, I'll look up canoe. I don't
2: I don't want to get kicked off the show. I, I mean I care about you, Jason, even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes.
0: It's true, it's true. So yeah, I mean, well it just does because I think when you are all those things, especially the writer, I I think it's hard for you to edit and make smart choices. Like, not making this special at all would probably have been a smart choice.
2: Right. Because you think Um, your work is good. Yeah, I mean... And if you're the only person, like, critiquing yourself, you're like, yeah. "Yeah."
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah, you sounded great. One take, Jer. Dude, Bob.com. So, I just have a huge problem with it. And then I looked up the rest of the cast, and nobody stood out. I think most of them have only done... Perennial Pictures releases. So again. (sighs) Right.
2: It's like him, his neighbor, and duty met on the street.
0: Yeah. And then, and then a rando lady. Just a rando lady. So yeah, it came out in 1992. I believe I had just started high school or was getting ready to, no, I was getting ready to start high school that year, I think. Um, But, I remember watching a lot of shows, even when I was going into high school, I'd always watch Christmas cartoons. I don't ever remember seeing this. Did you, is this your first time with this too?
2: It was my first time too. And Chris sat and like kind of watched, listened with me. And he was like, I don't know. He's like, I've seen a lot of stuff and I have never heard or seen this particular program. <laughs>
0: so. Because nobody should. Absolutely nobody <laughs> should. Um. So just to give a quick synopsis, this this i guess special we'll just call it a special this special is about our title character curtis calhoun and he is
2: i he He hates christmas man he hates christmas
0: right now i mean the song starts
2: out with he doesn't have any time for christmas i'm not in the
3: mood for christmas time this
2: If I see one more cartoon special, I'm going to jump off a railroad trestle.
3: (laughs) I was like, what is he talking about?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's very
0: dark. You hear this song and the song, uh, that was the, I was like, oh my gosh, what a funny tongue in cheek song. This is going to be a really good special. And then I was lied to. And I was, I felt lied to. Um, So Curtis, it's all about a day. I think it's one day. In Curtis's life. I guess it's all Christmas Eve. And it's just about him hating. I don't know. I I feel like Curtis probably needed to speak with a counselor. And maybe get on an antidepressant. Um, I feel like, you know, mental health is never a joke. And I feel like this character is one that Mm -hmm. could definitely use some mental health um, therapies. And some... I think he could have used antidepressant. But, um... Yeah, I just don't like this show. So we open up on a sign. We're in an office building, and we open up on a sign that says warning wild crazy or wild Christmas party. Enter at your own risk. It there um it was yes. not. <laughs> there was there was some shadows, but they weren't even moving. It was just like a I don't know, like a like a poster of people having fun. And then you pull out on Curtis and he's sitting at his desk, still working and then reading the newspaper. And this is all while Sarah's talking about the song that's playing. Um, I will say that I enjoyed that. He, um, Yes,
2: I wrote that down too. I was like, okay, wait, I love the newspaper that was gonna the special right now. Frankenstein like
0: saves Christmas, which same, absolutely same. So, Again, I want to point out that I was lied to a second time about the wild Christmas party because that was not a there was nothing happening. So again, lied to. Um, I don't know how to describe Curtis other than he looks like somebody punched a who in the nose and in the head at the same time.
2: Yeah, and then combined he, them with Fred Flintstone. Yeah,
0: yes, that's it. Yeah. He's got a Fred Flintstone body. Yeah. and he's got the head of a who, like from you know the Grinch. Save Chris, the Grinch.
2: He stole Christmas, yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. The Grinch I said save because I like it, but the Grinch stole Christmas. You know the Who's have those weird noses? This one looks like somebody punched him in the nose and inverted his nose And I
2: agree. Face. He's a misfit who.
0: He is a misfit who. He also has one of the most annoying voices I've ever heard. I I don't know if that's Jerry's real voice or not. And I hope that it's not. If it isn't, um
2: he shouldn't speak. <laughs> Then we flash forward. There's
0: lots of flashing in this. It's, and it's not even real flashes. It's cuts that don't make sense. There's no transitions. And it couldn't have been cut for commercials because it, it would have had like 58 commercial breaks. And this special is only 22 minutes long. Right. Again, I know that because I watched it four times and I kept falling asleep. And I kept pausing it to go, I've got to be almost done. And then I was only like eight minutes in each time. So we now cut to Curtis leaving the office and he goes down an escalator. Did you happen to see the celebrity on the escalator with him in the background? No. It was Elvis. There was an Elvis impersonator or Elvis himself on the escalator <laughs> in the background. I did not. Wow. <laughs> I think that would have been important uh-huh. if we had known anything about Curtis. Did Curtis like Elvis? Does Elvis have a significant meaning? And the answer to that question is no. We don't know because we never talked about it. We didn't even acknowledge that it was there. It was just a throwaway in the background. They're like, hey, let's put Elvis on here. So,
2: I don't. I can't. I can't. And then...
0: <sighs> I'm just going to sigh a lot. And then Curtis stumbles upon a news reporter.
2: Oh, that poor news reporter.
0: She oh, was having a, a day was. with
2: the woman before her, who's like, "I've got grandkids. What do you want for Christmas? Four yeah, grandkids."
0: Yeah, she's like, "How do you feel?" I wrote it down because I was like, "What was
2: the question she asked?"
0: She asked the the old woman, "How do you feel about the current economic situation?" And the lady was like, "I got grandkids." And the reporter's like,
2: "What?"
1: She's like, "I got grandkids. You can't worry about anything when you have grandkids to spoil.
2: Right. You can spend all your money on your grandkids."
0: What? And then I was like, but nobody talks about the economic situation. Nope. That's all they said. It was that phrase, the economic situation. Are we in a recession? Are you in a depression? What is the economic uh, situation? I was very confused and thought, well, this will come back up. Nope. But nay, nay, it does not.
2: It does certainly not.
0: And then, yeah, she does. She asks her, what else do you want for Christmas? And she's like,
2: "Margaret counts. <laughs> All the great kids. the great, give me every baby. No, I will buy it. Things. No.
0: Um, Vin Curtis runs into the second bell ringer, and this happens. This is like the. I guess they thought this would be funny, but they have Curtis run into a bell ringer on average every five minutes or every three minutes before we get to the end of the movie.
2: Okay, and that first bell ringer, that's one of my gay characters. Mm. I think that first bell ringer was definitely a drag queen.
0: I could see yeah. that. I could see that. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: then I thought it was going to be something where after he started running into all of those bell ringers, cause he like walks past, he's like, I gave it the office.
0: And yeah. then he's like, I
2: guess I'll give down the street from the office too. Which just kind of made me laugh. Cause he's like, I gave it the office. No. I guess I'll give down the street from the office too. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be kidding me. But I thought that the second guy looked shady. So I thought. So did I.
1: I thought he was an escape combat. Yeah, so
2: I thought he it was going to be something where he was given his money and these people were going to like be like fake like imposter bell ringers and then that was the economic situation mm. and it was going to be this whole thing. But no, because that yeah. doesn't even come up again. It's like, no, he just keeps nope. running into them and that's it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, um, I would call them red herrings, but there's no mystery to this special. It's just plot holes that go nowhere. Because right. I even thought, like, okay, maybe all of these people are going to show up at the end and make him have a great Christmas because he was so generous. No. No. Nothing. Just a gag every time. So, yeah, I, I do... I, I Okay, I will say I did kind of chuckle at... I gave it the... <laughs> <laughs> gave it the office. I did. Yeah. You know. Um, so, he gives that second person money and then he comes back I don't understand he comes back by the reporter and the reporter's like oh sir what do you think about Christmas and he says "The f- I, I did laugh at this because I was very surprised he's like I think it stinks <laughs>
3: thank you Mrs. Cox
0: well I think we have time for one more
3: oh sir excuse me sir have you got a minute for our television audience? Uh, no. I. Uh, oh, come on. Be a sport. What's your name, sir? Oh, Curtis. Curtis
2: Calhoun. Tell me, Mr. Calhoun, how do you feel about Christmas this year? It stinks. I know. Like, part of it is just kind of like, okay, he's consistent. Dude is consistent. And then I was like, he's kind of a whole mood, you know, like after you leave work for the day and you're just like, yeah, world stinks. Everything stinks. This sucks. And like, I was like, ooh. He a whole whole mood, Curtis Calhoun is. Did
0: did you feel like you were in a whole mood by the time you were done watching it? Because I (laughs) felt bitter. I felt bitter and angry, and sometimes I may have seen my future. I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, I liked the ending. But, and Uh, not just because it was over.
0: I liked it because it was over. (laughs) um, So, okay. Then... So this is why I honestly think, like, I look at this and I feel like they were making fun of mental health a little bit, because we come back to Curtis and he is clearly, clearly full of anxiety. Like, I, I mean, wow, he is freaking out about what he said. He goes, "I can't believe I said it stinks on the air. Now everybody heard it and everybody's going to talk about it. And I can't believe this. And why, you know, blah blah blah. I just can't believe it." And We meet his neighbor, one of his neighbors, whose name is Arnold, but (laughs) he wants to be called Gash. I know.
2: And the voice they chose for Gash, I thought, like, I was like, that was my second potential gay character. Mm -hmm. Because at first Mm -hmm. I thought, I didn't hear the sound, and the voice, scratch it. I didn't hear the name. And I thought they said Mm -hmm. Alex. So I was like. Is Alex a lesbian? Mm. But now it's Arnold. Now that it's his, Arnold, he I'm goes like by Gash. yeah.
0: And I forget the name of his band because I didn't care to write it down, but he's in a heavy metal band. And then Curtis says, Oh, you know, my brother's also in a rock band. And Arnold talks to Curtis a little bit about he's like, you know, I loved what you said about Christmas stinks, and and Arnold's like freaking out about it. And I'm sorry. Curtis is kind of still freaking out about it. And I was like, no, it was so funny. And then Arnold starts to make up a song about Christmas stinking. And um, I'm not going to play it. Cause I'm not going back to find it. I don't remember it what it said, said, but it
2: was basically like Christmas yeah. stinks and new year's does too.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bad. And then we come to. <laughs> yet another part where I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Curtis sees that the mail has come. And he has a complete panic attack about the male. This is why I was like, are you trying to make fun of, because I, I don't know, the more I think about it, the more I feel like they were trying to make fun of mental health. And we have a lot of friends in common that have a lot of anxieties. And, but I have not seen this anxiety level about the male. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, look at all of that. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's going to be nothing but um, uh, just self- doubt and pain and suffering. And, and I thought he was talking about bills, but he was like, Oh God, it's a Christmas. card." Yeah. Well,
2: and I can kind of see that. Cause I know there's a lot of people that I know that are like, Oh, I got a Christmas card, but now I forgot to send my Christmas card. So now it's Christmas Eve. So now I need to sit down and write some Christmas cards. Otherwise those people will think that I didn't give them a Christmas card. And they sent me a Christmas card. So I like kind of get the, like fall in the hole thinking, but I also mm-hmm. felt, like, I kind of felt bad for Curtis a little way, but he also was like a little.
0: He's very whiny. He
2: was really whiny. Yeah. I saw one of the websites I went to said that they had captured all of Curtis's whining clips. And I was like, well, is it going to be 22 minutes? Because that's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, gosh. I watched a review of the show, too, because it kind of started playing on YouTube afterwards. And the person was just like, whine. <laughs> you just keep whining. There's so much whining. um, Yeah, and I kind of get it. I, I understand because, like, you know, when our taxes are due for, like, our personal property tax. Oh, the anxiety I have every day going down to that mailbox <laughs> when I know it's coming. I know. And I know I'll be real mad about it. I So I get it. That's why I was just like, I hope they're not making fun of his anxiety because i feel like they kind of were i don't think
2: because it didn't really feel like they were putting a lens on it like
0: that absolutely they weren't
2: instead of like oh here is someone that we're gonna like feel like we feel like this guy but no it was like no this guy is annoying
0: he's totally yeah well yeah and then We get about, I said three minutes, I don't know It felt like forever because I kept falling asleep Of Curtis just basically whining And ranting about how he doesn't want Christmas To come and it's a waste of time And it's stupid And uh, it's not that stupid It's just that he doesn't want Christmas And he just, quote, wish Christmas would just go away And I was like, man Can
2: you (sighs) Well, yeah, and then he's watching the He sits down and watches TV And he gets upset that the only thing on tp is a wonderful
0: life well yeah because so he gets home i don't understand why he went home first because he goes home and then he goes out christmas shopping which doesn't make any sense like because when i'm home i'm home right if i'm home from work we're not going back no home. We're in. i'm in my pajamas in my the minute i get
2: home
0: yep absolutely so he goes christmas shopping and he goes in to a music store and gives money to a bell ringer again And then he goes in to buy some guitar picks because he was like, well, that's better than nothing for my brother. And then he gets suckered into buying a brand new guitar and we don't even see him get suckered into it, but we know he did.
2: He mentions it. Yeah. Yeah, But like, you don't see the, you see the sale clerk, but you don't see him saying like, Oh, come on, man, it's Christmas. You need to buy something else for your brother. He's like, I'm going to go get some guitar picks. And then he's like, Oh, I had to get this whole guitar. And I'm like, did you? Though? Did you have to get that was whole guitar? Because I feel like you did. And then I don't remember
0: if this was the scene or not, where Curtis gave money to the first person. He went into the store and came out, and they did a shift change yes. outside. And he sees another person ringing the bell, and he's like, "But I gave to the the person that was." But okay, <laughs> and then he gives more money, and I was like, "That's why I kept thinking, oh." All of these people are going to show back up later on. That's what I was
2: thinking too. Well, and I kind of get that too, because I get the guilt of like, I was just at Walmart. I gave to that bell ringer. Now I'm at target. And like, Do I, you know, am I going to look like the jerk that like didn't give money, but then, you know,
0: Um, then he goes to get his dad a gift. And this was my favorite scene because he reads he looks at a display and the sign says for the man who has everything but appreciates nothing (laughs) and i was like all right that's good and he looks at the ranko peel and scrub uh machine i guess and in the kitchen
2: what this is (laughs) the man who has everything and
0: appreciates nothing Ranco peel and scrub. In the kitchen, it peels vegetables. In the shower, it removes unsightly psoriasis scales.
3: Yeah! Ooh. Well, he doesn't have one of those. Of course, he doesn't have psoriasis either. <laughs>
0: this, this would be a gift at <laughs> your Christmas party. Oh my God, yes, <laughs> I want this so bad. So, this is the only part that made me laugh. In the kitchen, it slices and dices vegetables 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 and in the shower it helps remove psoriasis scales <laughs> and i was like
2: and, "What?" well then he's like well he could use it in the kitchen but i don't think he has psoriasis <laughs> he doesn't know the heartbreak of psoriasis
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It was the only time I laughed out loud and I was like, oh, I thought the same thing. I was like, God, if somebody could get us a Ranko. <laughs> right?
2: You can use it for oh, your, so or your corns on your, tooth Ugh, on your
0: feet." <laughs> so gross. Such a gross thing. But you know what? It sounded like a gift that you would pick up at Walgreens because you forgot to buy somebody you don't really yes, care about a gift and you yes. needed one. Absolutely. You would buy the the Ranko, what was it called? The Ranko peeling, peeling Peeling, scrub. The Ranko peeling scrub. So he leaves, he gives money again, and he's like, well, okay, I guess this was fine. And that can't get any worse. And then he gets splashed by this truck and he gets soaked, but not the Ranko or the guitar that's right there, uh, just him. And then we get back to his apartment where he watches a uh, some Carolers sing, "We wish you a Merry Christmas." I don't know about you, but we wish you a Merry Christmas" is a very happy and jolly song. Those people say, sang it like they were at a funeral.
2: I thought they had nice voices.
0: I think that the tempo was wrong. <laughs> it was not upbeat.
2: Um, well I mean I thought it, I thought it was sweet. And I just, I don't know what, I, th- I thought they were going to come to the door or something, but then he probably would have slammed the door <laughs> in their face because he was just like... Oh, yeah. Well, he tells them in the middle of it, go go to think somebody who's got a life. I know. It. I'm <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I really want to talk about the fish, though.
0: Well, that's where, what's funny is that's where we okay, are. Okay, good. But, well, first, before before he does that, he... um he gets a call from his, I called him, I wrote down the dirty old dad. He gets a, a call from his father. Who's apparently in Florida helping his aunt after surgery, but really he's just staring at all the bikini clad women at the pool, like a creep. Um, and the dad's like, yeah, I'm not going to come for Christmas. You know, she's doing worse than we thought. But I was like, she's doing worse than you thought you're lounging in a pool, staring at chicks in bikinis. I know. And then he, he's like, well, I'll see you at, um, New Year's Eve, which I was like, all right. I mean, I kind of get it, but I don't know. Do you feel like his dad really cared? Did you feel like his dad cared?
2: No. I was like, look at him getting the ladies. <laughs> not <Yeah>. going home. <laughs> it's just like, He's not oh, going son, home. I know. I know. He's you're lounging, alone now, literally
0: lounging in the pool.
2: I'm, I'm just here, you know.
0: Yeah. I don't. It's not. Mm. So then um, he, during this call, gets a call from uh, one of the sexiest cartoon characters I've ever seen in my life, his brother.
2: I was like, you guys cannot Uh, be related. This got to be the mailman's son or something.
0: Thank you. (laughs) So his brother is like lean and fit and rocker and sexy. And I'm pretty sure he was in leather. He was a hottie. But then I look at Curtis and I was like, what else do we have to compare him to? Like, he is a god among men, his brother. And his brother is working a show at the Can Cans. <laughs> like that was the name of the bar in Minneapolis, yes! I guess. And uh his brother's like, hey, I can't make I can't come back either. Um, you know, uh, I'll see you on New Year's Eve. And Curtis is like, oh, because of your gag. And I was like, is that a, was that a gay joke? <laughs> and he was like, it's called a gig. And I was like, I hate your. Humor
2: I know. Curse.
0: No. Let's leave it a gag. Leave it a gag. He's like,
2: and the then, roads are oh, all man, really bad, and like blah blah blah. But then he's like, look we'll got some hot babe waiting for me." <laughs> oh, I was like, why couldn't it have been me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is so attractive. <laughs> That's only that, and the and the Ranko Peel and Scrub are the to me the only things that made me enjoy the show. Uh, but yeah, so his sexy brother who we never see again, which really makes me mad because, you know, I was hoping he'd make an appearance. Um, Curtis gets really sad again and then he whines and wishes that Cur- that Christmas would come back. Yeah.
2: He thinks it's his fault again. He thinks it's yeah. it's his fault because he wished for it to go away. Now he's like, I just wanted to come back. Yep. I just wanted to come back.
0: Um, And now we see his pet fish which I'm assuming you enjoyed as I refer to it as a Dory reject.
2: No, I love this fish. This fish is the other gay character. (laughs) (laughs) Because, okay. Tell me when he switches it and he's like, Oh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful life. And they're like, we're going to lasso the moon. And he comes out of this little fish home. And he's like, (laughs) like panting over like, Yes! yes. And then he switches <laughs> to professional wrestling, and the fish comes out again, and he's like, <laughs> like at the professional wrestlers. And I was like, okay, fish is either gay or he's bi or something. He's feeling it. He's got something going on. He, yeah, yeah. Fish was the other gay character for me. Okay, I can, I can. Yeah, that. I can. I'm sorry. So Jason gives um, us questions. Let me just say, and I he do. hasn't said anything about the gay characters, and I'm over here sounding. Like I am, that was gay, gay. That was gay. That was gay.
0: I am. I have. I only picked out really one gay character, and we will discuss it. I see your point, but Bob. I want to give mine away until the
2: okay. End. I well, from the very beginning so. on that billboard that said Bliffendorfers or whatever, I was like Santa's. Oh yeah, uh, Santa's gay. Yeah, that was Bliffendorfs. Bliffendorfs. I don't know. Anyway,
0: I don't know. Um. So yeah, they're watching wrestling, and he's really mad. Curtis is mad because he doesn't even like wrestling. And then um, he changed the channel like three times and it was still a wonderful life every time. And I was like, man, that really does feel like Christmas it Eve. It does. Because no matter where you flip on Christmas Eve, somebody is playing. It's a wonderful Or a Christmas life. story, like one or the other. Or a Christmas story. Um, yeah, it's those But I ones. will. I
2: do want to say one more thing about the fish, okay? Because I really liked this fish. It had a little Christmas wreath on its door. It did. So I was I like, even, the, Christmas, I was, like, even I the fish it. is in the Christmas spirit. And then he keeps like getting all mad. <laughs>
0: After, it was super after he has,
2: like, these little attacks over everybody who's on TV, then when, like, Curtis changes the channel, the fish is just, like, <laughs> just, like. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fish totally. I can say, I'm just saying, I'm like, yes, fish. I was living for the fish.
0: I, I, I you know, I, I do like yeah. the fish. I will say I like the fish. I do like the fish.
2: So then the picture's
0: all fuzzy on the TV, kids, because it was coming through an antenna. Which, um, if you're, you know, under the age of like 12, you probably have no idea what an antenna television is. But back in the day, TV was beamed in through antennas and
2: satellites.
0: It's not streaming like it is now. You
2: had to bang the top of the TV uh, and then move those rabbit ears around.
0: (laughs) So Curtis decides to go up to the roof on Christmas Eve by himself. And fix the antenna. And my favorite part is when he's up there. And he was like, if I'm up here, who's going to tell me if the picture looks good? Certainly not that fish.
2: Fish was the best (laughs) part, dude. Don't be hating on your fish.
0: And so he he shakes the antenna and a bunch of snow falls on him. And it's a stupid trope. And it gets on my nerves. And it wasn't funny. And then he realizes that he's locked himself
2: up there. Which I don't understand. He had a blanket. Did he come up to the roof with that blanket? I don't think so. Because I was like, does he have a pillow and a blanket? And then I realized he was sleeping on some bird seed, but he somehow had that blanket.
0: He had a blanket. Yeah. And then he hears a noise and he looks and he is like, oh, no, there's a burglar breaking in through the chimney. It's clearly Santa Claus. All right, he it literally dresses like Santa, he acts like Santa, he has a bag full of toys like Santa. He
2: has all the things. And So and dude, our little Curtis, he's not getting it. Are you a burglar? I think you're a burglar. No, dude, I'm. Who do you think I am? I'm a burglar. No, you're not a burglar. What's wrong with him?
0: Yeah. Well, it just it made no. He's like, oh well, you know, you look like Santa, but I think you're a burglar.
2: Like four times. Okay.
0: And he's like, yeah. So he's like, well, help me out of this chimney. So um
2: <laughs> then we Santa tells him
0: his, his his Chris which I thought was kind of funny cuz of Chris Kringle and then uh there's a funny little line where well, it's not really funny I'm sorry it's an anti funny line that Curtis says, "Oh, I've been trying to get away from watching Miracle. No, I've been trying to get away from watching It's a Wonderful Life and I end up in my own version of Miracle on 33rd Street and Santa's like it's 34."
2: And then he says, "Well, who's counting?" Yeah. <laughs> i don't it's not a sequel, well, who's,
0: curtis who's it's counting santa <laughs> so curtis tries all different kinds of ways to get santa out including humping him from behind i'm telling you because, ooh,
2: i was like what what is ha- what is happening now i see what's it was happening so uncomfortable here. it's
0: just like <laughs> <laughs> and which is why sarah i think the number one gay character is curtis
2: I can see that, but Santa was—I think he was into it.
0: It was a little weird. That was like was a little weird. I, well, I think Santa was just like, I, I can do this on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and then Curtis puts a plank of wood under part of Santa's fat rolls, which is amazing, and then jumps on it. And then Santa pops out of the chimney, and uh, and
2: then he lands with his head in the. I was like, oh. You
0: couldn't oh, yeah. get it
2: from where you were, so you got him.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: I was like, oh, oh okay.
0: Yep. Okay. All I can say is, yep. And so um, Santa thanks Curtis. And he says, well, thank you, Curtis. And Curtis says, well, how'd you know my name? And Santa says, I know a lot about you. Even how you wish Christmas away. And now you wish it was back. And then he goes into this nice little mini monologue. And he's like, you know. Uh, he says all these great things. He's like, "But Christmas is all around you, and it, Christmas is where you find it." And I thought that was really cute because, you know, as much as I hate this special, I think it had a really good message right there. But it took us a while to get there. But
2: can you tell me that that isn't from Love Actually?
0: Well, Christmas I mean, is all around you.
2: Think... It's everywhere <laughs> you go. <laughs>
0: i don't i don't know if love actually came out
2: before this. Movie. I, I don't know either i read somewhere that it wasn't actually from 1992 it had been sitting like they didn't release it like it was they'd made it in the 80s and oh. it had been sitting for 10 years but i don't know if that was true or if they were just no. saying but i don't i don't know when love actually came out either i probably shouldn't be singing these it was songs in the 90s, in it's okay Because I've sang like three different songs. Oh, no. Let's not mention it. I I haven't been singing any songs. We don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. As we
0: flash back to (laughs) Curtis. (laughs) I'm going to stop you right
2: there, Sarah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Santa is like, okay, I got stuff to do. And he basically just disappears. And you hear him yell out for Dasher and Dancer. Then Curtis goes to find him and sees sleigh marks. And it was like, well, that couldn't have been the real Santa. Well, who else would it have been, Curtis? Because if he jumped off the roof, there'd be a body down right? below. So
2: come and on. This would be a uh, case of like North Pole CSI or something. Yes. Yeah.
0: Like, did you push him off the... So anyway, Curtis then goes back to sleep on the birdseed, which makes no sense, talking about how Christmas is all around us. And then he gets woken up by... A neighbor that we've never seen before Mrs. Wembley and I didn't realize she was the neighbor because again I fell asleep I thought it was Mrs. Santa Claus I thought it was Mrs. Claus so I was real mm-hmm. confused I was like why is she had a party but anyway she wakes him up and she's like you know why are you up here and he's like oh well I, I came up to fix my antenna and um, I uh, got locked up here and she was like oh you're so silly I came up here to what she say? watch the birds feed the birds or something feed the birds. And so he's like, well, I guess we're the only two people that are alone on Christmas. And she's like, well, yeah, you know, my my kids, I forget what she said about her kids, but her kids were away. Yeah, one was like in an Albuquerque. And
2: that's a long way to yeah. go. And then the other one yeah. out, remember? Yeah.
0: Oh, it wasn't important. And then... <laughs> <laughs> He says, Oh yeah. So I guess we're the only two alone. she's like, no, we're not. There's tons of people alone on Christmas. She's like, there are people alone here in the building. We've got, I wrote, she's like, Arnold is stuck here because um, he can't, he can't afford to go back to see his family. Um, Wanda has no family. So she's here. And then old Mr. Peterson on the third floor also lives all alone. And so Curtis is like, I have an idea. And then we flash forward again, and Curtis has decided to host a Christmas party for all of his neighbors. And uh, they open the door, and it's Wanda. She says, "Oh, you know, I didn't know what to br- I didn't know what to do, so I made you some cookies." And I would have eaten Wanda's yeah, cookies. they, they looked good. Them. They were animated yeah, well. They looked like chocolate chip cookies. Dad, dad cookies. Yeah, and then we pa- uh, pan over to Arnold slash Gash. And Gash has been given the guitar that was supposed to be for the Hot Brother, which irritated me, but whatever, it's fine. Um, Gash is really excited about the guitar and we meet Mr. Peterson, who is old and I love him. Yes. He really enjoyed his Uh, gift. Well, yeah. So he said that we're going to have a, he's like, when are we doing the contest for the Ranko Peel and Scrub? And everybody was like, oh, he must really like making vegetables or something. He's like, no, I've got psoriasis. The heartbreak of psoriasis.
2: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did appreciate that he oh really liked his thing. And you know what? I, When you think about it, I wonder if his dad and brother do it do this to him every year. Because he was like, well, I bought all the stuff and it's all here and everything. And then You know, they're just like, well, we'll we'll be there next year. Like, we'll be there for New Year's. And so, like, he was just expecting that they wouldn't be there. And that's why he was so upset the whole time. Because he made a really nice spread for those people. Like, he had a turkey. He did. And he decorated his tree. And he gave the good gifts to those, you know, to those people. Then I was like, what did he give to the other people that came over? But
0: Wanda's cookies. Cookies. <laughs> you know what? That might be true. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that was the only edit that Jerry made and forgot that he shouldn't have made that edit to tell us that this happens every year because that would explain a lot. That would totally like why
2: he was upset and all this stuff.
0: Yeah. Like, I, yeah, no, just it totally makes sense. So then Curtis's dad calls to wish him Merry Christmas from the pool again. And he was like, uh, "What? What is that sound? You got the TV up loud?" He's like, "No, Dad, I'm having a party." And he was like, "You're having a party here? I thought you'd be all alone." And I was like, "Well, geez,
2: I thanks, know, Dad, when you were supposed to come visit me, jerk." God.
0: And then I thought, okay, well, maybe the dad would still show up, but no, no. And then um, they talk about. Curtis, uh, Mrs. Wembley asked Curtis, she's like, what are you going to do for your family for gifts? And he's like, well, I'll just go Christmas shopping tomorrow. Maybe I'll even enjoy it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then we hear a knock at the door and um, I honestly got excited because I thought the hot brother came. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Bring the guests. Oh my gosh, you are going it, to be dreaming about this
2: brother tonight. I just have a feeling. He's so, he's just a very attractive cartoon character. <laughs>
0: And um, we open the door and yet I feel lied to again. And it's an elf. It's clearly an elf. It's in a green shirt, pointy hat, pointy ears. It's an elf. And the elf gives him a telegram. And he was like, a telegram. And then Mrs. Wimpley's like, oh, no, I hope it's not bad news.
2: And I was like, ma'am, we finally got Curtis out of the funk. Can you not? I know. But, I mean, I see where she's coming from. Because when you get a telegram, it's usually not good news.
0: I'm sorry, when was the last time you got a telegram?
2: I'm just saying, when they portray it... No, no, no.
0: You just spoke like an expert. Yeah, because when when they portray it on TV,
2: when they portray it on TV, it's always someone died. Or, like, hello, Curtis, stop. Your brother died in the war, stop.
0: (laughs) I was just like, wow, you sound like an expert. When's the last time you got a telegram? Look, I get telegrams. All I would the time. like you to send me a telegram. Send me a I telegram. Will. I want to get a telegram. Okay. And um, it's a letter from Chris, aka Santa. And he says, you know, it says all this stuff to him, and then he says, you know, remember, Christmas is all around you. Christmas is where you find it. And I was like, okay, well, we're back to the to the whole idea. And then uh, Mrs. Wimbley asked, Where did you meet Chris? And he was like, "Oh, you know, here, up on the house top." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, I wanted to throw up because I hated yeah, it." But then um,
2: Arnold uses then... his brand new guitar and starts singing, "Up on the house top, click, click, click," but all like rocked out. Up on the housetop. Oh man, I know that one.
3: Up on the house top.
0: and then they all started singing along and i was like this is too much oh no it was too much and then in everyone joined in and then i thought oh my god it's over and it was over and i was so excited on time number four on
2: time number four i watched it all the way through on the first try and i i kind of enjoyed it there were parts of it that were a bit much but
0: so okay, what did you think about it at the beginning, though? Like, did you like the beginning, or did you feel lied to? Like, um,
2: I did? at the beginning, yeah, I was kind of like, "Why are we so sad? Like, yeah. why are we so sad?" And I, I, but I did, I wrote down, "Santa's gay." Just from seeing the billboard, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I wrote out that Frankenstein saves Christmas, like we kind of talked earlier. I was like, okay, oh, I would rather be watching Frankenstein saves Christmas. Somebody has to make yes. this, maybe they already have, maybe that's what you should look for.
0: Uh, you know what? While you're talking, okay, Google, I would like to find Frankenstein, and then,
2: saves um, yeah, that was the other uh, <laughs> I had to rewind. And play again. If I see one more cartoon special, I'm going to jump off a railroad trestle. I was like, is that what he really said? And then I reround it. And I was like, yep. Yeah. Yes. He is talking about unaliving himself. And I'm not okay with it.
0: Yeah. No, I love the Frankenstein saves Christmas ad. I thought it was really cute. And I wish that that had been the show. Did you have any favorite quotes
2: um, in this? I wrote down... Oh, I gave it The Office. I'm going to give give down the street from The Office.
3: Another one? They multiply like rabbits. I gave it The Office. I gave down the street from The
2: Office. I'll give again. Um, and, oh, and then... <laughs> When he was in the store, it wasn't quite a quote, but when he was in the store and that kid ran through carrying that dragon, ah, and he was like, gimme, 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 gimme.
0: <laughs> that was actually kind of funny. I was
2: like, okay. That's, that
0: was, that was really. really I was like,
2: okay, I like that. Gimme, 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 gimme,
0: gimme. It's really funny. Um, did you have any favorite scenes? Because, again, my only favorite scene was um again at the 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 this buying the ranko uh peel and scrub. i did
2: like that Um, and i i think that whole little scene because right before he's like standing at the ranko peel and scrub and then the kid runs mm -hmm. by and then he's like talking about it about the psoriasis and everything and then i really liked that fish too i liked the whole scene with the fish where he keeps coming out of the thing and like wanting to watch tv and then going back in the thing and like doing raspberries at curtis and then he has a little f- f- wreath on the tree on his door and everything and i was like i like the fish the fish was cute
0: yeah i mean and then i also put down just when we got to meet his brother that was a really good scene too and you <laughs> can't make um, him right. real so on no, i know God, it's one okay. it's
2: jason's one true Christmas um, wish.
0: If he if he was real, he would be Adam Lambert. We already know. Like that's how oh, I
2: put your turn, brother, yeah.
0: in the Broadway version. Yes. Um, definitely
2: Adam Lambert.
0: So on a scale of one to five, with five being the best, how many rainbow candy canes uh, would you give this
2: special? I gave it three rainbow candy canes. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. I why? Um I just Well, <laughs> it was like a journey. And I was just really glad that at the end it wasn't still a sad sack of potatoes. I was yes. glad that there was a happy ending. Um, I yes. thought he might be getting it with Mrs. Wembley when he came back inside until I I just wasn't sure because he really seemed to be into Santa. But then I was like, well mm-hmm. maybe he's hanging out with that Fraggle's mom. And Wimbley, Mrs. Wimbley. Uh, yeah,
3: I
1: got it.
2: I- <laughs> He's doing that I was like, "Did she say Fraggle?" Okay. Um, but I like the fish. There were just little things that I liked about it. Like Frankenstein Saves Christmas, and I like that you know, even though his family, like we talked about, maybe not his brother, we can say his brother wasn't a douche canoe, but his dad, his dad could have yep. helped the flight. Like his brother, if he yep. was in Minnesota or wherever. Like, even though he was trying to get with the ladies, the weather could have been bad, and he decided he was going to do something else instead. But his his dad yeah. was in Florida. He could have had to flight. There's no reason. <clears throat> I think the brother and dad well, were Satan, cons- conspiracy were... Um,
0: I ended up giving it to Okay. Which is rare for me. We
2: were close, And though. one, I
0: like Santa's message that Christmas is where you find it, and it's all around you. Um, I did like the fish. I did like the Ranko peel and scrub. Uh I did like the brother, mm-hmm. and I think the brother is what pushed it over. But you know it's not my favorite. I don't think I'll ever watch it again.
2: You already um, watched it four times in one night.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> I feel like I've got enough out of it. So do you would you consider this a classic or not so classic special? Would you watch this every year? No. Would you watch it again? I
2: don't know. I feel like I'm already gonna forget about it after this podcast.
0: Yeah. I I, I think it's a not so classic as well. I if someday we're gonna find one that we like. I just know it's I know. gonna happen.
2: I mean, um, I liked the Wally Walk I like the deck the halls with Wally Waller Walkie Wallers Waller.
0: Deck the wall deck the halls with wacky walls. <laughs>
2: You know, I, I, I the was, was trying
0: to figure. Time. Yeah, I know. Well, I definitely, you know, you had said it when we started talking uh before we started recording that you'd rather watch the Wacky Wall one, and I yeah. would too in a at ha- a heartbeat. I would rather watch that again. Who knows? May even, may even. It's been a year. Maybe I'll go back and see if I like it yeah. or not. I don't even remember um, what how many is...
2: canes I gave that one, but I feel like
0: I don't either. You should have looked it up. But I also I think
2: that that one had like. They actually had voices of people that I'd heard of before. There was a variety.
0: Yep. Well, there was a story. Yeah.
2: Like you knew what was was kinda happening all the way through. Like you know. Yeah. Well, and I think
0: I think what's what this one suffers from is the fact that it was one person whining twenty out of twenty two minutes. It was too much like there that's why I, I really thought at the end of the show all those people he gave money to were going to come back and be like hey we bought you this or something like there needed to be more you can't just shoehorn in seven characters in literally literally the last five minutes of the movie you can't do that because nobody cares that that yeah it's been nothing but whining and despair uh the whole time so i, I yeah i don't it's definitely the only reason i would tell somebody to watch it is so they can see what a who looks like who's been punched in the face
2: or if they're into really hot cartoon characters
0: yes or if they're into really hot band guys that look like an animated version of adam lambert so well sarah thanks for coming on again and celebrating our one year with i'm
2: always happy to be here
0: and i guess there's only one last thing to say sarah merry christmas
3: merry christmas
0: just when you think the show can't get any worse <sighs> it's time for Naughty Ned's white elephant gif suggestions
2: I'm sorry
3: Hi I'm Naughty Ned I'm back again <laughs> twice in one episode <laughs> I have a real quick gift suggestion for today I'm sorry I would have had more prepared but i had to help mrs c out because you know if you listen to the first half you know why anyway do you have a friend who loves to color and loves cocktails because i sure do and her name is tracy it's also her birthday month too so i ordered her the drinking animals coloring book it's the perfect gift because it allows you to your stress away by coloring stress relieving animal designs and learning how to make quick and easy cocktail recipes. You can color a fox who drinks a beer and vodka cocktail and then go make that beer and vodka cocktail and drink it while you're looking at the fox just colored. Or maybe you want to learn how to make a frozen coconut mojito with a rooster and then go and color that rooster after you've had your frozen coconut mojito. Tracy was thrilled. She's had a new cocktail every day for the past week and she told me today she's been living a real stress-free life. Well, listen, after the day I've had, I'm actually heading over to her place right now to make a hot Irish whiskey with a shark. Who knew? So I'm going to go do that. Oh, gosh, I almost forgot. Don't forget, stay off the naughty list.
0: I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition, and I invited my friend Sarah back to tell us one of hers. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget to email us at keepingtheultadgay at gmail.com, or you can even leave us a 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash gay. One of my favorite Christmas traditions
2: was um, my grandma every year would ask each one of us what we wanted specifically for a dessert. And then she would make that for us. So my mom always liked sugar cookies. I like chocolate chip cookies. um, My sister liked cheesecake and my stepdad liked um, peanut brittle. And so she would make each one of those. And then if we had people coming from out of town, she'd also make like fried peach pies for that person or um, they're good. Um, or, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, divinity. She'd make divinity. So it was just always really nice. And my grandma passed away a couple of years ago. So it's been very, um, it's just been a tradition that I hold near to my heart now.
0: Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Thank you all for spending my birthday month with me. And also a huge special thank you to everyone who's been listening for the past year, supporting us at Keeping the Yuletide Gay. We love putting on the show. It is a passion project because we just love christmas so much so thank you for listening and keep listening we've got a lot of exciting things coming up for the rest of this year too also please make sure you subscribe to the show you've already found us and hopefully you enjoyed us because hopefully you made it all the way to the end Uh, don't forget to subscribe on the podcasting platform that you found us on uh, that way you can always be notified when a new episode airs. And of course you can check out and learn more about uh, Gason and the Gabbing with Gason show, as well as keeping the old-tide gay by going to the official website, gabbingwithgason.com. There's lots of fun stuff there as well. Well, we hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to keeping the yuletide gay don't forget if you need more gayson in your life listen to my other podcast gabbing with gayson on all major podcast apps and you can find more information of course at our official website gabbingwithgayson.com. the first Snowell, oh christmas tree we wish you a merry christmas bring a torch isabella The 12 Days of Christmas and Silent Night the Disco Edition are all provided by freexmasmp3.com. Other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of the individual copyright holders, and they are used for the purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended.